Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show, giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR, 855 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Welcome to Brainwaves. You're with 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am on your dial. Panelling today is Daniel with interviewer Kate. And our guests today are Soretti from the organisation In Our Own Words, co-founder and managing director. And we have Natasha and Heba representing AfroCare. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Sareti, um, could you tell us a little about your organisation in our own words and, and what your mission is? I can definitely do that. So in our own words, a lot of people, well, some people know, a lot of people don't know, actually began with the idea of only being a one-time production documentary. Um, and so the In Our Own Words documentary, myself and the other co-founder, Aisha, began filming at the beginning of 2014. And the whole idea was to create some kind of tangible resource that reflected the very authentic um experiences spoken by members of the community in regards to migration from the African continent to Melbourne and what that experience was like. And so the documentary predominantly focused on migrants from the East African region. Um, And then moving forward, um, moving on in the narrative, we decided then to also look at the experiences of um, young Africans who either were born overseas but came here at a very young age or were born here and have spent, you know, all of their lives here. Um, And so overarching the documentary looks at a real um, I guess mix of themes from race migration to identity um, to a lot of conflicts internally and externally that um, the African diaspora especially the younger generation face you know in in a country like Australia and then as we progressed we decided that it was something that couldn't just stop at being a one-off production so we decided to create it into um, a long-term organization and today in our own words exists with three really key areas of engagement the first being self-awareness the second being decolonial thinking and the third being community empowerment and our mission over the next um, three to six years is to establish ourselves as a key community development organization um, that not only engages with the African diaspora in um, Melbourne and in Australia but also internationally and looks at bringing spaces um, to being available for the African diaspora when I say African diaspora I'm not just talking about Um, those who come from the African continent. I'm talking about um, anybody who identifies with an African heritage. So that could be an Afro-Caribbean, Afro-Latino, anybody, um, you know, who identifies with that history. And so that's in a nutshell what In Our Own Words really is. Practically, we have had um, quite a number of screenings. We've had two in Melbourne for the In Our Own Words documentary, had one in Sydney, and we recently just had one in Tasmania. Um, We are also in the process of now launching our first sustainable long-term program, which is called The Missing Chapters, which focuses on um, African history and the experience of the diaspora globally and historically. 
Um, and so that's launching on the 13th of June. And um, before that, one of our biggest events was actually in collaboration with these lovely ladies next to me, AfroCare, um, Inside African Minds, which was a, a whole day mental health event that we curated together. And so I guess I'll pass it on to you guys. Off Natasha and Heber, would you like to tell us about that event? Um, okay, so Inside African Minds um, was an event that um, Sorority's organisation in Iron Roads um, came up with um, initially and they p- kind of pitched the idea to us, um, was it late last year? Mm, yep. Um, so yeah, they basically came to us because um, they knew that we're trying to start up um, an organisation within the African community that dealt with mental health solely. Um, and they obviously thought that would be an asset to it because they could bring... Um, you know, the artistic flair to dealing with the issue because it can be quite blind with, for a community that's not used to dealing with um, mental health as an issue. Um, but also we could bring the um, tangible content to the workshops. So basically Inside African Minds was a whole day program. Um, from about three to five, we had a barbecue, just kind of bring the community together. Um, and obviously everyone enjoys food. So um, that worked out really well. We had... Um, more people come down than what we expected and what we catered for. Um, and then from about five till about nine, we had a range of workshops dealing with um, various issues that affect the African community in terms of mental health. Um, so religion and mental health, um, domestic violence, black masculinity, um, white beauty standards for black women. Um, and then from about nine till 11 or nine to 10, um, we had um, an art space where we got to, um, I guess, express either what we learnt during the day or our thoughts on mental health in general, but through art, so poetry um, and music and whatnot. Um, and us as a community were very artistic, so that was a good outlet for people after such an intense day to just kind of, you know, have some time to reflect on what they had, um, you know, taken in throughout the day. Fantastic. And Sereti, Natasha and Heba, um, I'm really interested to know a little bit more about the foundations of your organisations, your your mission statements. Sereti, you spoke to three pillars. Mm. Um, also, Natasha and Heba, I'd really like to, to hear about the, the, the philosophy of your organisation. Could you speak to that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, AfroCare is basically an organisation that is dedicated to addressing um, mental health issues in the community. And we do that through um, three ways. Um, So we are attempting to educate the community in terms um, of mental health. So we provide um, mental health information in people's languages, um, in community languages that aren't normally catered for. We also hold forums, uh, educational forums, um, as well as um, beginning the dialogue. So we begin the dialogue by holding um, tea and coffee groups as well as workshops. Um, to allow people to really sort of begin the conversation about mental health, uh, as well as um, empowering the community. Um, And we do that through um, working with other African organisations to hold things like art spaces as well, and yeah. I guess um, going off what I said before and describing what In Our Own Words is, long term, so my own, I guess, uh, professional background is in the space of, what was in the space of international development and I did a lot of work, I guess, in in some particular African countries and I won't really go into uh, into that, but what I did realise in coming out of that and then going into In Our Own Words, which happens between, in a very small amount of time, um, is that when we're talking about development in in the African continent, context or in the diaspora context a lot of the there are often a lot 
there are many, many different voices who want to say on how it should be done. And a lot of those times, uh, black African voices are not at the forefront of that conversation. And that's essentially what, in our own words, wants to change, both in both contexts, the diaspora context and also the, the continent um, context. And one thing that we really want to look at especially in the, let's say, the fourth or, th or fifth year of, of our development as an organisation, is in the traditional frameworks of development that are used in addressing um, a lot of issues on, on the continent and our home countries, where is the diaspora placed, you know, in, in that dialogue, if anywhere? Um, and from what I know, from what I understand, from what I've seen in my work, it's the, there is no place, or if that place exists, it was not, it's not very visible. Um, and so really our, our job is to be community facilitators, to be advocates and to be voices, um, not necessarily for anybody, but to say, look, we're here and this is a community that also wants to speak and also have very relevant things to say. And actually the things I have to say are probably more relevant to what you have to say because we are from this community. Absolutely. Yeah. And could you speak to the three pillars? So that's really speaking around the idea of community engagement and decolonial thinking. Yeah, yeah. So for us, the self-awareness, decolonial thinking and community empowerment, the reason I even list them in that order is because I think they do come, you know, if not always, you know, consecutively one after the other. That is a, that is a very, um, I guess, safe kind of a framework to go with. So self-awareness in, in our context really means creating a space where Africans, black Africans, are able to self actualize and that can mean anything for anybody but it's about saying I'm not going to stifle that process for you or I'm not going to impinge my thoughts my values or you know what I think you should be in this society on you and that's you know often what happens when you grow up as a as a black African in a predominantly white and historically racist country like, like Australia um, and so then going on to decolonial thinking is to then say okay I've self-actualized what do I do behaviorally? What do I, you know, what kind of thought processes do I have that are inherently oppressive to me? And how do I identify those and begin to unlearn them and learn things that are liberating? Um, and then from there, I feel like once a person can say that they have, you know, developed some some way of identifying with processes of, processes of self-awareness or decolonial thinking, um, we can then look at community empowerment. Thank you, Soretti. That was that was fantastic. Well spoken. Thank you. Um, and thank you, Natasha and Heba. We're going to a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back, listeners. You're with Brainwaves on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 a.m. on your dial. Um, interviewing is Kate and our special guests today are Soretti, co-founder and managing director of the organisation In Our Own Words, and Natasha and Heba representing Afrocare. Welcome back. Thank you. Guys, a question that comes to mind because you're all very intelligent committed and engaged young women. Um, could you tell us about a little bit about your background and where you got your motivation and drive from? So a little bit about my background. So I'm ethnically Oromo. Oromo or Oromo people are the indigenous people of Ethiopia and live, you know, in Ethiopia geographically. They make up um, over 50% of the population, but have historically and to the present day are one of the most, or the most, I would say, marginalised group of people um, within, you know, the Ethiopian borders um, by the extremely imperial Ethiopian government. And so... I think ideas of self-determination and what that means were introduced to me from a very, very young age. I migrated to Australia with my mother when I was about two um, and I've lived most of my life here, but separate from my immediate family um, who live in Ethiopia. 
Um, and because there is a huge Oromo diaspora here, and a lot of that diaspora is made up of either people who fought with the Oromo Liberation Front or who have suffered greatly under the hands of the Ethiopian government, concepts of justice and injustice and how these two things are juxtaposed um, in an Australian context and also in, in an African context um, have almost become something that I see daily or I hear daily within my household or at community gatherings. And so I've always grown up with this sense of understanding where I, where I fit in when talking about issues of um, self-determination and justice. And so then developing for myself and understanding for myself what it means to not only be an Oromo and what justice means in that context, but also adopting a very racialized identity living in, um, living in Australia and then continuing again to develop what an understanding of what that racialized black identity means in a context where there is already a black population that is already marginalized and oppressed by an extremely white supremacist government. Um, it's been that all of those understandings linked together that have said to me that I, as someone who is passionate about justice or as somebody who is passionate about community, I cannot do nothing. Um, and so from my community work to my art, I'm a poet, nothing ever really derails from these concepts of self-determination and these concepts of justice that I have defined for myself, but have also been very heavily influenced by my uh, environment and my surroundings. Well, that's that's a whole lifetime of <laughs> politicisation. Yeah, it basically is, and there's a lot more to it as well, but um, no, I'll leave it there. Okay. <laughs> Natasha and Heba, would you like to speak to the topic? Yeah, sure. Um, so my background is actually, I'm Sudanese, um, and I came to Australia in 2003 with my parents, um, and we came here as refugees. Um, and one of the biggest things um, that have made an impact on me um, is human rights, the concept of human rights, and, and how important it they are um, both for us as individuals, but also as a society. Um, and uh, that's made an impact on me because in my country, um, human rights was something that was quite difficult and it still is um, to this day. Um, so I've been very, very passionate about human rights. And I guess growing up in Australia as well, um, I've been very influenced by the Sudanese community um, and the Egyptian community, from which I have family as well. Um, and you know, we have a lot of issues in the community. We have unemployment. Um, we have a lot of domestic violence issues. And there were things that I just grew up with. Um, and I kind of just got to a stage where I said, we need to think about these issues. We need to think about why these things are happening to us. We need to think about why we have so many people within our community that are unemployed, why we have so many domestic violence cases in our community, why family breakup has become a normal thing. Um, and that's, that's part of the reason why I started Africa. Um, the other reason is, is I'm very, very passionate about mental health um, because I have several family members who do have mental health issues. Um, and seeing the stigma that um, happens around mental health has really motivated me to start this organisation. Natasha, what would you like to add? Um, yeah, I guess I'll share my story because these two ladies have um, as well. So basically, um, I came from South Africa in 2002 with my parents. And coming here, I would say probably um, was kind of a, an awakening. I was kind of oblivious to what was going on around me because A, I was in my home country. Um, you know, everything around me was so comfortable and so familiar. But coming here I was like, oh, okay, not everything is perfect. You know, you, you know, you have your days of struggle. And I think probably looking back now I would say for the first three months I went into you know 
very mild depression. Yeah, just being pulled out of everything that I know, my culture, my family, um, familiar surroundings and whatnot. So that kind of awakened me like, hey, I wonder who else is going through this struggle. Um, and for a while I felt alone and until I started meeting people um, and getting used to the country and I'd meet other Africans and I would kind of secretly wonder, like I wonder if they felt the way that I felt coming here. Um, and I kind of got intrigued by this whole migration process, what actually happens um, when you settle into a new country. Um, and obviously I'd start making um, small mental notes based on observations that I um, make just by meeting people and having conversations and whatnot. Um, and I just feel like this has just been like a really long journey because um, Africa only started this year in February, but I feel like it's something that's always been there, um, kind of dormant. Um, and so... I think sometime last year, I just kind of decided like, hey, you know, um, this is not everybody's story. Not everybody in this country would have gone through that process. But the people that have, I don't feel like they, they're they getting any help or they don't have a platform to talk about these issues when it comes to mental health and um, that as part of the migration process. Um, nobody's kind of giving them that platform to be able to safely discuss that and um, say it is okay and you know it is something that you can get help with because um, in our community um, mental health or suffering from depression is seen as a weakness rather than um, a real illness you know until you're physically sick you're not sick in our community um, so I thought hey why not instead of waiting for someone to provide that platform why don't I start something and so I'm at Hiba and um, our other um committee members um, through a program and we started talking about these issues and yeah AfroCare was birthed kind of Fantastic. in a really obscure way. <laughs> um, and finally before we wrap up um, what are some of the challenges that you guys face in your work within your organisations? Um, I'll start off this time. Uh, well, there's, a lot, there's a lot of challenges because we do deal with such huge issues um, when we are very young um so uh, they range from uh our own personal lives being able to juggle having this it's not a burden but having this huge responsibility of trying to change or teach a whole community to actually getting by day to day um to also educating you know people in the community that hey you actually do need to talk about your mental health issues for a b and c you know kind of reasons sure um and also, I, I don't know, it just feels, I don't know, you kind of feel alone sometimes because other young people are just out there doing their thing and you're dealing with, you know, so you're concerning yourself with such huge issues. So your life becomes quite obscure when you get into this kind of work. So, yeah. Um, I think in terms of um, the community, one of the biggest issues that we have is gaining trust. Because um, even though we are members of the community and everything, and, and I'm speaking about the African community as a whole, um, there is still issues around trust. People a lot of the time think that we come with an agenda, you know, that we're sent by some sort of group or organisation or whoever, um, and, uh, you know, we're not necessarily there to help them. We're there to work with them to get something that we want, and that's not the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is, is that we want to work with them for them to be able to then benefit the community as a whole, um, and that's what we're really, really passionate about. I guess. Right. Soretti? Um, I think specifically within our own words, a lot of community development, especially around the African community, has revolved around these concepts of multiculturalism and inclusion and, um, you know, open your, up your doors and give us everything that you have and show us everything. Whereas in our own words, has taken a very different approach and has said, 
we're actually going to focus on our community and our community alone. And we're going to do that and we're going to create spaces that are ex almost exclusive to our community in terms of how we cater or how we curate these events. Um, and even when even even our pillars, self-awareness, decolonial thinking, decolonial thinking and community empowerment, the, the middle one, decolonial thinking, has, uh, you know, given us a reputation, not us a reputation, but gives people the opportunity to mark us or label us as being unreasonable or as being radical or all of these, you know, extreme terms um, when really we're just a group of very young people trying to do very, very big things. And even this concept, like Natasha mentioned, of, of, of being young becomes a problem because you're dealing with people who um, have a lot more experience in terms of the number of years they've been in the industry. And so they are very apprehensive in trusting something quite huge, um, you know, onto, onto a very young organisation. So the issues range from all of this. Thank you, Sereti, Natasha and Hiba. Um, it's been wonderful having you in the studio and um, the Brainwaves teams wishes you all the best for the future. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.